unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Nathan, I'm great. How are you? I'm above ground. <laughs> it's been a it's been a rough couple of days, but I'm glad to be back on the mic with you. It's always the highlight of my week. So right now, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Good. Well, hopefully we can keep it that way at least through the show and maybe for lucky longer. Absolutely. I, my energy always goes up doing these episodes. So, uh, and my outlook on life and my knowledge over my craft. So I'm excited for what we've got lined up for myself and for the listeners today. All right. Well, let's jump into it because, you know, these days, more and more people from more and more backgrounds are thinking about writing sales copy or actually writing sales copy. And the main reason for this is a num the number of online businesses has exploded. And this is due in part to all the people who spent so much time at home during the pandemic. But there are other reasons as well. One important one is a lot of people who didn't like to buy online in the past will only buy online now if they possibly can. So a much bigger market for copy and copywriters. Anyone who didn't start out their career as a copywriter knows that it takes some adjustments when you become one. Writing copy is hardly like writing term papers at school or even writing weak-kneed prose at ad agencies. Copy is muscular. It has a job to do. It has to sell something. Today, I thought we could take a look at what people from six specific backgrounds need to know, and just as important, need to change in their thinking in order to write copy that works. But here's something I thought you'd know, you'd enjoy knowing first. Hmm. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So I asked myself this question, what are the most common categories of people I've either mentored or critiqued copy for or done copywriting and marketing consulting for myself? And what showed up when they came from a different background, one of these categories, as the most important change they needed to make to become more successful with their copy. So here are the categories, entrepreneurs, sales pros, licensed professionals like doctors and lawyers, experts in their respective fields, software developers, and journalists and content creators. People from each category bring a lot to the table but they all have similar things within that category that are holding them back. So I thought deeply about what those things are. And don't worry if you're not in one of those categories or never were. There's still some fun and some insights for you in this anyway. So shall we get started with our first category? It's 
entrepreneurs. If you scratch a working copywriter, underneath you'll find an entrepreneur, at least figuratively. In reality, a lot of actual entrepreneurs become copywriters for their businesses or move from what they were doing as entrepreneurs to become full-time copywriters. I worked with one entrepreneur, a truly tall man named Big Mike, who had built a huge company in the neighborhood of $100 million a year. He wanted to master copywriting, and over the course of a couple years that we worked together, he did that. I strained to think of anyone who worked harder than Big Mike. The funny thing was, after he became a great copywriter, he stopped writing copy and went back to growing the business. But, and this is important, he took what he learned to guide and direct the marketing that other people were doing for his business, mm -hmm. all of them. Every message took on more of a direct response flavor. Of course, for every entrepreneur who learns copywriting to help their own business, there's one who becomes a full-time copywriter themselves. Either way, there's some important changes they have to make when the time comes for them to sit down and write copy. So let's talk about entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are heroes today because they create value out of an idea, sometimes just scribbled on a napkin. They solve problems for customers, sometimes large numbers of customers. They create jobs and they add to the overall prosperity of the society. Sounds like they could do anything. The problem is none of this matters when it comes to writing copy. Yeah, knowing how to sell is certainly important, and most entrepreneurs are pretty good at sales. But copy is not the same kind of thing as face-to-face -face selling or selling on the phone, because those are two-way conversations. And copy is a one-way conversation. A lot of what makes for a great entrepreneur is charisma and persistence. They often have a strong need for control and freedom. The most important change you need to make if you are an entrepreneur, you need to realize it takes more than charisma and persistence to write copy. You need to tell a convincing story and answer objections in advance in a one-way sales pitch. So Nathan, this kind of describes you in a way. You were an entrepreneur, became a copywriter. And any thoughts about what I said? I just felt like you were talking directly to me the whole time. And I know my path, and I'm sure that this is probably similar for a lot of entrepreneurs who transferred into copywriting. It was, I, I hit a brick wall with my entrepreneurial life and realized I needed to learn how to sell online through words, through text. And so I started learning how to do copywriting. And then immediately after I started having success in my own business, which wasn't immediate, but once I started having success selling stuff myself, then other people, other business owners that I had met, other people that were friends that had businesses were like, hey, can you come do that for us? And so can it wasn't you help really- me? Yeah, it wasn't really an intentional thing. It was just, I had a friend that worked at Sirius Satellite Radio at the time, and he's like, hey, can you come write some 30-second ad spots for us? And those work, I hit it out the park on my first professional job, and then wow. it just, things started to fall in line. I've had a lot of failures, but it was totally, 
as an entrepreneur, I realized this is my weak point. I don't know how to sell on, I don't know how to advertise. I don't know how to write good copy. And I learned, and then without wanting to become a copywriter, it just started becoming the thing that I got known for. Okay. That's great. Also very validating that I got that one right. So let's go to type of person number two, the sales pro. Now, face-to-face selling is really tough for some people, but others are just a natural at it. I think how hard or easy it is depends on a couple of things, your personality and your own background. Some people just can't handle the rejection. Others thrive on the challenge. No doubt about it, if you're a good salesperson, you can make a ton of money. And if you're an ethical salesperson, you can make a lot of people's lives better along the way. I once heard that one out of every two training dollars spent by businesses went to sales training. And that makes sense because sales are the lifeblood of every business. No sales, no customers. No customers means no revenue. Thus, no business. That's exactly why sales are so important for every business. Now, many old school gurus say the easiest kind of person to turn into a copywriter is a sales pro. And the sales pro is a lot like the entrepreneur with a couple of important differences. Successful entrepreneurs start and build entire businesses. Sales pros can build a customer base and generate enormous amounts of revenue, but they don't usually do all the things an entrepreneur does. The second difference is sales pros can usually get away with making promises and claims they can't deliver on far more than entrepreneurs can. Now, not all sales pros do this, and when they do, it usually catches up with them. But if there's one most common flaw among sales pros, it's over-promising what the business can actually deliver. I mean, it's easier to sell that way. It's not a good idea, but it works in the short term. Now, that's a real no-go with copywriters. Once it's written down, it's there for all to see and things live forever on the internet, even if you delete them. They're still there. Archive.org has got your back, or not your back, but your copy's back. The least of your problem will be angry customers. The worst of your problems will be government regulators with a quota to meet. So the most important change for a salesperson to make to become a copywriter is make sure you promise only what you can deliver. And... If you want your copy to convert, you've got to prove you can deliver it in advance. You have to prove every point and sometimes prove the same point in more than one way. Okay, what do you think about that? I'm thinking about two guys I know in particular. Both of them are amazing person-to-person salespeople. And both of them are very hesitant, or at least one of them still is and one of them was, hesitant to move into writing copy and one of them is my client and well both of them are are past and present clients and i think the biggest thing that both of them struggled with was you mentioned it earlier when you're talking to somebody face to face you can handle objections as they come up you can build rapport with people and you can they they are both amazing at doing it on the fly 
But being a copywriter, you have to be able to premeditate that stuff. It's not an improv. It's more so a script. And so I think that if you have the ability to improv in sales, you'll probably be a lot better at person to person. But if you're um, someone who's more strategic and can script stuff out, that's kind of the skill that you need to adopt in order to become a good copywriter. I, I know that's kind of a divergent of where you were going, but that's... It's actually great because if we've got a salesperson listening to this wondering, I wonder if I can be a copywriter, I think that's a good measure. Another way to look at this is introverted versus extroverted. And this is a big generalization, but extroverted people, they thrive. Their creativity comes from talking to someone else. An introverted person can actually imagine the conversation and might enjoy the imagined conversation more than a real one, you know? So anyway, something to consider. But for those who do, that's what this is about. And understand not everyone's going to do it. All right. Third kind of person is the expert. How does someone become an expert? It's not like when they're five years old, some older person comes up to them and says, Lauren, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say, I want to be an expert. (laughs) Um, Not very often. Anyway, it usually happens by chance. Someone discovers in the course of their life that they're good at something. They enjoy it. And other people are willing to pay them to do it. And they end up getting better and better at it. And then one day, suddenly they realize they're an expert or someone tells them they're an expert and they see it as true. Experts who are well-positioned in one or more industries have a real advantage in business. They're respected. They're paid well. And in the best of all possible worlds, the people who hired them actually listen to what they say, follow through, and get great results. The one fatal flaw an expert has is what Chip and Dan Heath call the curse of knowledge. They know so much that they forget what is obvious to them is a complete mystery to nearly everyone else. This usually isn't a problem when they're doing their expert thing, but it can be a big problem if they're teaching or they have to bring other members of the team up to speed on what they're thinking. And an even bigger problem if they migrate over to writing copy. Now to review, experts know a lot. They know what they know and they know enough to know what they don't know. They also know exactly how to come up with the best right solution in their area of expertise. But see, when their area of expertise is not writing copy, this can be a problem when they try and write copy themselves, that is. And here is why. Often they're used to getting paid and getting lots of applause at the same time in return for dazzling other people with their brilliance. But an expert's display of brilliance, the shortest path to a dazzling best solution to a problem, is not usually what works in copy. So the greatest strength of an expert becomes their weakness, maybe their greatest weakness when writing copy. And and here's the most important change you need to make if you're that expert. Realize the curse of knowledge can turn into a death sentence for the effectiveness of your copy. Remember, people need to understand to buy. Trust me, I'm an expert is not enough. They need to understand for themselves. And most people don't know nearly as much as you do. So what they will require in order to understand will seem like 
way too much information to you. It will seem maybe way too simple until you realize how copy actually works. You're nodding. Um, what are you thinking? Right when you first started this part of the episode, immediately my mind went to Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. <laughs> and that was the biggest takeaway that I got from that book because almost everyone that I work with when they try to write their own copy, the curse of knowledge is the number one thing that kills it. And the reason why is you have to meet your reader where they're at. And the expert is so far ahead of where the reader is at that they, it's hard for them to get back into the mind state of somebody who doesn't have all of that knowledge. And so their copy is just miles ahead of where it needs to be. And so the reader never has the ability to connect, never has the ability to resonate and then be pulled to where they need to go. It's just the very beginning of the sales copy is always just too far out to connect. And if you can't connect, if you can't resonate, if you can't let the reader know that you understand where they're at and you sympathize or empathize with where they're at, you're never going to pull them to where you need them to be. And yeah, the curse of knowledge with experts, number one bane in, in my profession or my career as a copywriter dealing with people who don't understand that they know way more than the people they're trying to help. Yeah, I, I think of the Zen concept of beginner's mind. I mean, that's where we have to go as copywriters. Maybe not beginner, but certainly back to the mind state of someone who doesn't know all the stuff we know. Real quick, before we move in, though, I do want to commend you. Because when I started learning how to copyright, you were one of the first copywriters that I came across. And the reason why I stuck with your work is because you were the expert, but you were also very good at communicating to the beginner. I remember hard to find seminars was the first place I came across you. And I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about, but he hasn't forgotten how to talk to people like me. And so it was one of the, it was one of the things that made me stick to you when I first started copywriting. Well, thank you very much. Is that a testimonial? I guess it is. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, great. Number four is licensed professional. So there's a group of business specialties called licensed professionals. And this includes doctors, accountants, engineers, lawyers, a few other type of jobs like that. Let's talk about lawyers who want to write copy. Lawyers are just about everyone's favorite punching bag. But I have a story for you about a lawyer who knew what he was doing and wrote some great copy. A few years ago, GKIC hired me to critique some of its members' sales letters. And that's where I ran into this lawyer. He did criminal defense work, and he asked me to look at a sales letter that he would send out to people who had just been indicted for crimes. No kidding. A potentially captive market, if there ever was one. Well, the letter would strike fear into the heart of a jaywalker if that person had been arrested. It spelled out exactly what was going to happen and what could not happen without the help of the skillful lawyer threading the needle. Now, this guy had studied copywriting and he knew what he was doing. But the important thing to remember is that what he wrote could have been a well-edited transcription of any conversation he might have with someone who was in trouble with the law and looking to him for possible representation in court. 
he knew that conversation like the back of his hand. So as far as his crossroads close, well, don't let me get started there. But is it possible for a licensed professional to write a really compelling sales letter? Yeah, but you need to make some changes to be good about it. And that's what we're going to talk about next. To review, licensed professionals, accountants, lawyers, doctors, and engineers are typically different from each other, but for the most part, they have two things in common. First, they get licensed by the state, which doesn't mean a lot for writing copy. And second, they all go by this unspoken rule in their work. Emotion is verboten. That is, emotion is forbidden. I mean, it's hard to pass an exam in engineering school, starting with the words, I feel, but an experienced copywriter knows we have a rule that comes from the world of sales. First, sell with emotion, feelings, then justify with logic. Part of being a licensed professional is rigorously sticking to the facts, often in one of a set of prescribed logical thinking sequences. As a result, much of their mental work takes part on the left side of the brain. Now, to be sure, some professionals are creative, even very creative, but their creativity is usually, almost always, about rearranging facts and reframing logic, as opposed to, say, coming up with a new way to use fear of missing out on top of pride and desperation as one example of emotion. Copywriting makes a much more generous use of emotion, and part of what we do does require logic, but at least as big a part requires emotion. So here's the most important change you need to make if your licensed professional wants to write copy, and I've worked with a few, besides the criminal defense lawyer. If you're a licensed professional venturing into copywriting, you need to accept two new things. First, that emotions are just as legitimate and financially worthwhile as logic is. And second, that you've got to get skilled at using emotion in your copy if you want your copy to sell. So what do you think? I, I wonder, I have no scientific evidence for this or studies or anything to back up what I'm about to say, but I wonder if there's people that are emotionally driven and there's people that are logically driven. And a lot of times logically driven people are the ones that are attracted to these positions. And so I think that it might be kind of going against the grain for them to try and utilize emotions because it's one of the things that it's just not their personality. It's not the thing that drives them. So I wonder if it's just part of a personality trait that they have to work on. It's not just as easy as saying, use more emotion. It's kind of deeper. It's something that's ingrained in who they are that drove them to that type of work in the first place. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, David? Yeah. Well, I didn't say it was that easy. I said that's the change you have to make, and change is not always that easy. There, there are copywriters that are more logic-driven, um, that were very successful. I would say Ted Nicholas, the late Ted Nicholas, was like that. I'd say Gary Bensavenga was like that. But both of these men knew how to use emotion, and they, they used it very well. It's just that their copy 
was more factual and logical. But to your point, yeah, it, it's funny. There, there are a lot of logical parts to copywriting that that the people like we're talking about are, are very good at. But I'm just saying, there's some changes you got to make. So number five is software developer. Now, software developers are people who organize architect programs and apps and write the computer code to make them work and they do a whole lot more than that and it's important to remember they do this in the virtual space in the world of ones and zeros not a world of human beings now they clearly know that people use the software they write in fact they even have a two-letter term for what happens when apps get used by actual humans. The term is UX, and it's shorthand for user experience. That is what it's like for people to use the software. But today, we're talking about copy and what changes software developers need to make in order to write copy. Now, let's face it. We wouldn't be able to bring you this podcast without the incredible world-changing innovations that we can thank software developers for. They really do some incredible stuff. The thing about software developers, though, as I was hinting at before, is they're often much better in the worlds of ones and zeros than in the world of hearts and minds. Computer programming code is fundamentally rational. And people, well, we're fundamentally irrational. I mean, why else would we get four hours of sleep and then drink five-hour energy all day? Huh? So... Writing English language words with the human touch is not always the programmer's strong suit. Even though a lot of programmers are very clear, precise, logical writers. But again, it's the emotion. I would say it's the emotion, stupid, except for the fact that programmers are usually not stupid. In fact, they may be too smart for their own good at times when it comes to writing copy. So here's the most important thing for software developers. You can't program people the way you program software. In fact, most of the time, you can't program people at all. You have to persuade them. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to push back a little bit. I think you can program people, but it is with persuasion. Also, same thing as the last category of people. Again, programmers are very logical-minded and they want things logically spelled out for them and mm -hmm. even copy to them has to be written a little bit differently but mm -hmm. one of the things that we as copywriters know is logic has its place but it's usually after the emotional appeal it's to back up the emotional decision and when people that write code write code they never take that into consideration they don't have to persuade they don't have to emotionally win over a piece of software they just go straight to the logic and so if they're trying to write copy they have to put that step second after the emotional appeals yeah great point and yeah i believe people can be programmed but most of the time that's not how you're going to sell stuff yeah okay number six is journalist content creator okay so there are definitely a lot more content creators than former journalists writing copy you know bloggers white paper writers people like that. That said, I know a lot about this one because once upon a time, I was a journalist. And like with people in most of these categories, I've worked with 
former journalists and content creators to help them make the change and become powerful copywriters. Journalists and other non-copywriter writers are often very good at gathering a lot of facts and organizing them in a clear, understandable story. They often condense and synthesize information to make things quick and easy to comprehend. But when it comes to taking a stand and dealing with heated opposition and objections, it's usually not their strong suit. But that's one thing you have to do as a copywriter without walking out of the room or pissing the other person off so much that they don't want to keep reading your copy. Copy. Coffee. <laughs> copy. Okay. So the best thing for someone in this category is to write copy for a product you really believe in. And let's get real. That's not always possible when you're first starting out and you have to take whatever work you can get. But don't ever make the mistake of trying to write copy for something you absolutely do not believe in. That's going to be especially hard for a person like this. Mm -hmm. So the most important thing is become willing to take a stand and advocate for what you're selling. Even if some people are going to criticize you and your work for being biased. Stand up for what you were selling. Don't worry about the haters and the critics. You're the one doing the brave thing. So there are a few slings and arrows. Just let them bounce right off your protective shield. I think a lot of journalists, especially nowadays, are really good at selling ideas and selling values to their audience. Sometimes it's a little bit of singing to the choir, but and with content creators as well. The aspects of direct response marketing is kind of the key thing that's missing. The call to action, the ability, you mentioned the ability to handle objections. Those are some of the things that are missing, I think, in both of those professions. But out of everybody here, with the exception of the already existing salesperson, I think that content creators and journalists probably have the best advantage of making the transition into a good copywriter. I want to know what your thoughts on that are. I think entrepreneurs and sales pros have more of an advantage. Yeah. I mean, journalists and content creators are not unfamiliar with and sometimes not the least bit uncomfortable with emotion and some of these other categories are, and they're very good at explaining stuff, but it is quite a transformation. You know, selling ideas is easy. You know, when you're in the idea world, it's like, there's always going to be people against you and you're just going to share your idea and those who like it will like it and those who won't won't, but you're not actually asking anyone to commit for anything. You're not asking anyone to buy anything. You really have to put yourself in the line more as a copywriter than you do as a content writer. Also, especially with content and journalism, we don't get paid on likes and shares. We get paid on sales. So we've got a little bit steeper of a hill to climb when it comes to winning people over with our writing. Yeah, we, we need to get a result beyond attention. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do. All right. Well, that's it. I can do a, um, a quick recap if you want. Yeah, let's go ahead and recap real quick and then we'll head out of here. Sure. 
So here's a recap of the key changes you need to make to write good copy. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to realize it takes more than charisma and persistence to write good copy. You need to tell a convincing story and answer objections in a one-way sales pitch. If you're a sales pro, make sure you promise only what you can deliver. And if you want your copy to convert, you've got to prove you can deliver it in advance. If you're an expert, remember people need to understand in order to buy. And most people don't know nearly as much as you do. So what they will require in order to understand will seem like way too much unnecessary information to you until you realize how copy actually works. If you're a licensed professional, you need to accept two new things. First, that emotions are just as legitimate and financially worthwhile as logic is. And second, that you've got to get skilled at using emotions in your copy if you want your copy to sell. If you're a software developer, know that with a few notable exceptions, you can't program people the same way you program software. In fact, most of the time you can't program people at all. You have to persuade them. And if you're a journalist or content creator, become willing to take a stand and advocate for what you're selling. Even if some people are going to criticize you and your work for being biased, stand up for what you're selling. So that's it. You mentioned a lot of people are writing their own copy, starting their own businesses, and this is a more and more, especially in the digital world, this is a more and more important aspect of running a business. I just want to say that if you're writing your own copy, if you go the route of learning how to write your own copy and you're not going to hire a copywriter, it always helps to have somebody who's not stuck in the frame give you an outside perspective of your copy. And somebody like David who does copy critiques is an invaluable resource if you're the type of person that wants to write your own copy. Find somebody who knows what they're doing. Find somebody who's a master at copywriting and reach out to them and see if they'd be willing to, for a fee of course, look over your copy and make sure that you're not missing anything. And the number one person that I recommend is the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Well, I couldn't agree with you more and thank you. Absolutely. Okay. If you're listening and you enjoyed this episode, you can find more over at copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we will catch you later. Catch you later. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not. 
But he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab. garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network. 